Hi, I'm Wendy Mosier, and welcome to Love You, Mom, an Alzheimer's Story. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you for the likes, the follows, and the comments. In the last episode, we talked about aspects of our routine when we started going weekly to McCall to help out my parents, Mom and John. In this episode, we'll go into greater detail on the changes we were seeing throughout the summer and into the fall, as well as document more of our fun excursions and adventures. This will be part two of our Summer with Mom. And now, let's get to the show. When I go back and search photos from June to September 2020, there are so many pictures and videos. We were getting outside nearly every day and almost always either going on a hike or getting in the water. It's kind of hard to believe how things can change in a year. We noticed changes occurring while we were there, but things always seem bigger or more noticeable when you look back and realize the things that we were doing that we no longer can. Last summer, my mom was hiking on her own, nobody holding her hand. Last summer, my mom was kayaking in her own single-person kayak. Last summer, my mom got in a two-person floaty and sat in the creek at the front of her property. And now, as we're going on the third or fourth week of over 100-degree weather in our area, I tease Mom and ask her if she'd like to go for a swim. She laughs, no. Are you serious? She's much more unstable now, and that's the Alzheimer's. We are so lucky that we've been able to spend the summer with Mom. Lucky that we all get along so well, have a good working relationship, because that is not a given. So even looking back and seeing how far we've come in a year, how my mom has changed, how we're losing parts of her all of the time, we're very lucky. And I'm not saying it's easy, not at all. I've had months that I thought I would die from being so sad, literally. I used to tell Chris the pain was so great that I thought it might kill me, but it didn't. I'm still here to spend time with my mom and be able to help my mom. At the beginning of all this, when I was finally realizing what we were all about to experience, I remember telling John I didn't think I was going to make it. I didn't think I could live through this and all of the pain. The long goodbye, as they call it. But for anyone else out there going through something similar, I believe differently now. I believe we will survive, and we will thrive. I feel like I've been put in a position to really treasure my mom. I've seen her in compromising positions, and I love her. I've seen how she laughs things off and rolls with the punches, and I love her. I've helped her shower, go to the bathroom, get dressed, and I love her. We have talked about nothing for hours, and I love her. One time during the summer when her speech was starting to deteriorate, she walked into the room where Chris and I were were sitting. She looked at Chris, and word salad came out. Word salad is a phrase used to describe what comes out when dementia and Alzheimer's patients talk sometimes. It might be all words that you understand, but they don't make sense together, or it might might just come out as gobbledygook, made-up words that mean nothing. Mom came into the room, looked right at Chris, and in a very determined voice asked him a question. I can usually glean a lot of info based on how my mom says the words, no matter what they sound like, And the words she said to Chris sounded like she was saying something similar to, would you like a margarita or a beer? Chips and salsa? And then when Chris didn't answer quickly because the words that came out made no sense, she said, no? Okay. (laughs) And turned around and walked out of the room. 
We both looked at each other and smiled. What had she thought Chris had declined? We will never know. As the summer progressed, some things got more difficult. My mom has never liked taking pills, even if she knows she needs them. Taking pills was becoming more of a struggle, and because I knew John was bearing the brunt of the work, I would always try to help get mom to take her pills. She had morning and evening pills, and I believe at one time, 11 for the daily total. Until we went to mom's amazing doctor, and she whittled them down to five or six. For us, that was still a lot. I would try different strategies to get her to take them. Sometimes we'd say, we can go do whatever, maybe it was a hike or a kayak, but you have to take your pills first. You'd have to watch her too. She would try to swallow them and they'd get stuck in her mouth or in the side of her cheek and she'd end up spitting them out. This spitting out feature of mom came in handy when we were on that trip to Bend, Oregon. I thought John had said that she hadn't taken her blood pressure meds when in fact she had already taken them. Just as Chris got her blood pressure pill into her mouth, I ran into the house, having just confirmed with John that she are, she'd already taken them and had them in her system, and I yelled, she's already taken them! Chris and Mom were in the kitchen. Chris sticks his hand out, and she spits the blood pressure pill into his hand. Crisis averted. <laughs> Pills were a big struggle. I usually tried to act like they were no big deal, like I didn't care whether she took them or not, just in case she was playing any mind games. We were still at a place where it was difficult to tell at times what was mom and what was Alzheimer's. And you can't really force a t person to swallow pills. Was she not wanting to take meds because she didn't want to live through Alzheimer's? There were months where she told John daily that she wanted to die. Still, you couldn't tell if it was intentional, and we'd find pills everywhere. One time, and I'm not sure if it was during the summer or fall, but we were all struggling to get the pills in. John would try, then me, and if I too was unsuccessful, it was Chris's turn. John was joking around <laughs> and saying that he'd seen that if you scratched or rubbed a cat on its neck or throat, that it took the pills easier. <laughs> he tried this with mom, and as he did, mom spit her pills across the table, and we all died laughing. It was truly hilarious, and I'm pretty sure we were like, all right, no pills for now. <laughs> we'll try again later. I always felt like the day was a success when we got our pills in and then we could go have fun. We had so many hikes and picnics with Mom and John last summer. It was so fun to throw a little picnic into a mini cooler and after a hike through the woods, end up near water of some sort for a picnic or we'd pick up some takeout, usually sandwiches or salads, beer, pop, and chips, and go to a park, or the park. Ponderosa Park is the park in McCall, and it's huge and beautiful with bike paths, boat launches, places perfect for picnics, and kayaking excursions. We kayaked at Ponderosa Park several times last summer. We wouldn't take mom out into open water, but stay in smaller inlets or coves where the water would be more stable and we were closer to shore. She loved it. Kayaking came right back to her and it was smooth sailing. Getting in and out of the kayak usually took a couple of us helping her balance, but once we got her situated, off she went. She talked about loving the feeling of being on the water. It's a freedom, a freeness. 
One time when a friend of ours was visiting, we had a slight kayaking mishap. The wind picked up when mom and a bestie of hers were kayaking, and although they stayed close to shore, we couldn't see them from our vantage point, and we got a little bit worried. We were at, I think it was Little Payette Lake, or one of the Payettes. I get them confused. John took the car up the road a bit to see if he could locate them from the road. There were paths and a small campground, so Chris and I hurried to see if we could see anything. Finally, I see our friend in this swamp area getting out of her kayak and trying to stow it in the weeds so that she could help my mom. The current was too much for mom, and it wasn't dangerous in that she was being pulled out to sea, but it was scary because of the Alzheimer's, and we needed to get both of them in safely. I started walking out of the swampy, weedy area and realized that I could probably walk to my mom's location, and the water would maybe reach my waist. I told our friend that I'd go get mom and that she should get herself to shore. I got a hold of my mom's kayak and started walking her to a safe, safer place to disembark. She wasn't scared until, as I was walking, I accidentally lost my footing briefly and kind of fell in a hole, tripping. I remember my mom saying, Oh, Wendy, in her scared-for-me voice. I remember telling her that I was fine. We were almost to the shore and not to worry. And don't we know how to have fun? I was mostly scared, honestly, that this was going to become a loop of questions or concern. But when mom got to the shore, John was back, and we basically just moved on. Everything was okay. I remember our friend feeling terrible about this. None of us felt like it was anybody's fault, but you know how that goes. We reassured her that everything was good. Everybody was fine. I think our friend was actually more shaken than mom was, and we love our friend. We're actually going to see her tomorrow as she's visiting from out of state for a couple of days. She is family to me, and I'm so happy that she's going to see mom. Maybe for the last time, you never know. But still, while mom is recognizing people and able to speak. That kind of friendship is pretty amazing. And as a side note, at the time of this taping, Mom and her friends saw each other a couple days ago. Mom was in bed taking a nap, and as she sat up and recognized her longtime friend, she said, Wow, you're here! in a very happy, excited voice. She then got up and did a happy dance. There are surprises with Alzheimer's. There are hard days and happy ones. This was a happy one. Another really fun thing that we did over the summer was take mom up on the chairlift at Brundage Mountain. When ski season is over, you can buy tickets to go up on the lift and either walk down or walk around up there and explore, and then take the lift down. That's the option we chose with mom. It was a warm day and we got on the chairlift. We put the bar down to hold on to. We don't usually use that while we're skiing, but there's something about the lack of snow which makes the ground seem so much farther away. So the bar sounded like a great idea. I remember Mom not seeming scared at all, especially on the way down, where I was pretty well freaked out. We had fun up there, walking down off the lift and heading down the hill a bit. Everything looked so different during the summer, and we laughed and talked about all the runs Mom had at Brundage during her skiing days. A really cool thing we did up there was to finally explore a tiny cabin that is right off a run that you see every time you ski there and never have an opportunity to peek in. This cabin, it turns out, was the original lookout from 1914 and still has an old cot in there. 
For pictures of the cabin, check out the video on our YouTube channel, Toasted Marshmallow Adventures, and that will correspond with episode number seven. After we came down on the lift, we went to lunch with Mom at Smokey's Grill, a delicious restaurant on the mountain. It was so fun sitting there with Mom, in the sun, eating and talking. I remember that this was when a recall of things that we just experienced was really failing. And so maybe once I'd say, we just went up and down the chairlift. And if I got anything other than, yeah, that was fun, or something similar to indicate that she remembered, I would drop it. I never, ever wanted to make her feel bad for not remembering. And then there was that time that John told Chris and I about a creek we could take our kayaks down. And did we want to try? Heck yes. We took a picnic down a dirt road and settled into a rustic campsite off the road and near the creek. It was beautiful. The sun shined, the water rippled as we ate our sandwiches and drank our sodas. Chris and I looked at a giant bug that jumped on me, and we talked about our plans for the trip down the creek. I was nervous, as is my nature. My brain always looks forward in time for any possible negative outcome and tries to solve it. We could see most of the creek from the road, but we weren't sure where we would dump out. We knew it would be in the Little Payette Lake, but the lake is quite large, as we later learned, and full of old stumps and logs left behind from logging, I believe, and I was concerned about how far we might be kayaking if we would be able to find John for our takeout point, and would there be big snags of logs that we would have to maneuver around. After lunch, we hauled our kayaks close to the shore. I remember Mom being concerned. We told her we'd be safe. We'd have fun, and we'd look for them on the shore somewhere in probably a half an hour, and we took off. The current was pretty swift and swept us away much faster than I anticipated. I remember at first thinking, what the hell have I gotten myself into? My nerves were getting the best of me. It felt like I didn't know what I was doing and that I hadn't kayaked before. But I have. I've kayaked in Mom and John's sea kayaks in the ocean in Juneau, Alaska, as well as Port Angeles, Washington. And after a couple of fretful minutes, I got my groove back and we had a wonderful time. We went under bridges with people looking down from above and waving to us. We passed people fishing on the shore and a secluded campsite. It was so quiet and peaceful. The water was so clear that you could see the ominous-looking old stumps below and tiny fish swimming around. We came to a clearing, a much more open spot in the water, and this was the entrance to Little Payette Lake. Now, where the heck were we and where was John for our takeout? We scanned the lake. It's so big and we seem tiny. We carefully maneuvered around the stumps and long logs that were floating. We saw a campsite way across on the other side of the lake and remembered seeing that as we drove to our picnic and kayak put in sight. John should be to the right of that campsite, but it was too far away to see any people. We decided to kayak further into the center of the lake, staring at the shore as we went. I scanned for movement. We heard what we thought was a horn honking. Was this our cue or just a random horn? Maybe this was a bad idea. And then as we scanned the side of the shore, we saw someone waving their arms. John! We made a beeline for his tiny silhouette. As we got closer, I remember saying to Chris, I think I know what the plan is and it looks kind of sketchy. 
John had parked on the side of the road, finding a bank that wasn't too steep where we'd be able to offload and drag our kayaks up the side of the hill. Mom and Lily were waiting in the truck. There was a rock that John was motioning to, a rock that was near other rocks surrounded by deep water. It was water that was dark and murky, full of old stumps and decay, water that I really did not want to end up in. I felt like I should go first, just in case Chris needed a hand. I was thinking that it might be more difficult for him to get his legs out of the kayak, being longer than mine. So I sidled up to the rock, and John showed me how to lay my paddle across the rock and my kayak to sort of balance. I've never gotten out of my kayak and not stepped into the water for balance. This was going to be interesting. (laughs) I kind of raised up out of the kayak and got one leg onto the rock, pressing my weight down on the kayak paddle for support. And then, here goes nothing. The other leg is out, and I'm balancing on the rock, still holding on to the kayak and paddle. Success! John and I pulled the paddle towards where he was standing on the shore. He got it partway up the hill, and then we focused on Chris. Chris isn't a small human, but is pretty flexible and strong, and I showed him the paddle technique for balance. I put out my hand in case he needed help, and after lifting his body up, both feet were securely planted on that rock. No one fell in. We hauled the kayaks up the hill and put them in the back of the pickup. Mom was relieved that we made it safely, and what an exhilarating experience. We rode back to our car in the back of the pickup. It was so fun. We can't wait to do it again, but honestly, right now I try not to think too much about going back to McCall. I think it's going to be a bit painful looking around and remembering all of the fun we've had that summer and the following fall with Mom and John. All of the laughs, working Mom through her tears, all of the beautiful walks on their property. As I look back and remember, the bad and sad times are fading and I'm left with only the good and the good memories make me sad, but in the best possible way. I would rather be sad remembering the wonderful experience that I've had with Mom and John than not having the experiences at all. Thank you so much for listening. If you know someone that might enjoy this podcast, please share it and like, comment, follow on your favorite audio platform. You can also find the video on YouTube that we post weekly containing pictures that correspond to this audio podcast. All of the comments and likes help us so much. Thank you. They push the podcast out to the greater, the greatest amount of people. In the next podcast, we'll talk about our last trip to the Oregon coast, October 2020. This will be two weeks from now with the release date of July 31st. Chris and I are taking a little vacation to see his dad in Reno. So please take good care and we'll return with a brand new episode of Love You Mom, an Alzheimer's Story in two weeks. In the meantime, for those of you that can, please hug your mom. And thank you for listening to Love You Mom, an Alzheimer's Story.